All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fake Nerds Watch. This is for uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. This is, we're gonna only, we're only going to be doing, I know we're a couple weeks late, but we're only going to be doing episode three, Ghosts of Illyria. There will be another episode coming soon, probably while this is already up. It'll be up as well um, for Memento Mori. So we're just going to be talking about Ghosts of Illyria right now. Joined with me, I'm Brandon T. McClure of the Fickner Podcast. Joined with me is Cookie from Just a Little Podcast. Hello, sir. Hello, my friend. Welcome to one of the greatest shows on the internet. It really is. Right? It really is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's one of my favorite shows on right now. Um, we won't get... Uh, we're not going to talk about Memento Mori, which is the fourth episode. Um, but I will say that I think that just cemented this as my favorite new Star Trek show. Uh, all right. So I have not... As, as yet of this recording, I have yet to go and watch that episode. However, this episode is wonderful the series so far one two and three spot on yeah i think now i don't actually think this is uh, a a spectacular episode of of star trek strange new worlds i think the first two episodes are better than this um i think the um but i do think this is still a solid episode of star trek mm-hmm. um the, one of the things that um oh actually i should say this first there are a couple of things from the first two episodes of our recordings that I did that I did not bring up because I did not have the information at the time. I do have that now and I want to bring it up now, which is one, we talked about the actor who plays Hammer. Okay. Um, the actor who plays Hammer is actually blind. Really? Yeah, he is blind in real life. That is fantastic. Yeah, his name is Bruce Horak. For him, of course, but that's that's fantastic that they actually use an actor who is blind to play a blind person. Yeah, so his name is Bruce Horak, and uh, he's apparently a, a you know a blind activist, um, really like pushing for you know things like that. And um, <clears throat> so they they kind they that informed the character, and it's really cool that they let someone um, who is actually blind play a blind character. That's fantastic. Um, and then on a smaller note, I talked about the actress who plays the voice of the computer on mm-hmm. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. The Enterprise computer is voiced by Alex Cap, who is who sounds if you watch any of her videos, she sounds a lot like Majel Barrett. And it's crazy. Yes. Um, but yes, yeah, so those are the only two things that I want that I talked about in the last couple of things that I wanted to, to kind of update us on. So, Ghost of Valeria, what do we think about this? I okay, so I like I said at the beginning, I really have been enjoying this this show so far, and this episode hits a lot of beats of uh, TOS very much. So <laughs> it just reminds me so much of TOS. And when I I will get to it, but when I heard certain sounds, I got certain chills. And it's 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 things like this that make me really appreciate. And I wouldn't call this a filler episode, but I'm going to call it a filler episode compared to the previous two episodes. This one just hit home because it, it it really hit the beats of what Star Trek is and exploring new worlds and going to an unknown area and being trapped there. And it's like, okay, communications are down. What do we do? And you're you're trying to go back to everything that you've been taught about, I guess, almost like first contact, if you will, different things of that nature and you're now meeting these species that are trying to get in and you're trying to fight and try to figure out how to survive while the world around you is crumbling 
This is literally TOS wrapped up in a nice little bow in a little episode. And I love it. I want to push back on what you said about it being filler. I know you don't, you probably didn't necessarily mean that. One of the things I really like about episodic storytelling is that there's really no such thing as filler. Correct. Yeah, it just levels of, I guess, excitement, entertainment, things of that nature that yeah, seem to what, push the plot. What I think, what what I think we've fallen into with, um, especially in serialized storytelling, is that there could there are moments where it's filler. We've talked about Discovery season four, how mm-hmm. the basically the last four episodes. Three of them are filler episodes. They didn't need to be an. Ep- they didn't need to be an episode. Yeah, but here, what what quote unquote filler episodes do for an episodic story uh, story, it allows them to tell character centric stories that allow that creates a better connection. Correct to the audience. You yes. know, I think filler kind of came from our generation because of Dragon Ball Z. Um, which is probably true because Dragon Ball Z had a lot of like, you know, after five episodes, five minutes may have passed. Um, and and we kind of, and we kind of, um, adopted that for everything else. But I think with episodic storytelling, it's important to note that, um, just by its very nature uh, of how it's structured, I don't think there is such a thing as filler. Yeah, yeah. And I apologize. You are you are 100% correct. I think that this is just a I, – I don't want weaker to sound negative because at mm-hmm. the moment I don't have any negative um, concepts of this series so far. Everything has been positive on my end. But I will say compared to the previous ones, this is more or less a lower standard compared mm-hmm. to the previous ones. So it, it still yeah. resonates with me. I still enjoy it from beginning to end, and I – I love it. I think what you're looking for is it. It is not as strong as the as yeah. the first two episodes. There you go. Um, and I agree with that. There's one thing that's really hurt that really hurts this episode for me, and it's at the end. So I won't get to it yet. Um, but for the most part, I really like this episode, and and I'll say that I'll. I think I'm going to say that for every single episode of the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> But there's um, there's remnants of the naked now or the naked time. Which one was that? Do you remember which one was TOS and which one was TNG? I do not. Because they did the same plot with the same virus. Yes, exact same virus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember if it was the naked now or the naked time, but one of those things. It reminded me of that. Like when this guy was taking off his clothes to get close to the light and everyone's kind of like, oh, the light. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen this before. It, it, this makes me kind of question certain things. And I know that it does get answered in the end of why this happened with the transporter, mm-hmm. but it makes me kind of wonder, like, is, are we ever going to get those little like oil bath things that happen in enterprise? <laughs> you mean in enterprise? Yeah. No, no, they stopped doing, they stopped using those. I know. It's just like, it's sometimes it's like, man, you guys should really kept that, kept that still going. Cause it seems like it would have been pretty helpful right now. That's, no, um, that, that that was outside of universe that was designed to make the Star Trek Enterprise sexy. Inside okay. of universe that was designed because they didn't have biofilters. Gotcha. You know, the transporters, they have biofilters, which is why this virus got on board. Because if anything that the, that, that the transport does not recognize as your pattern. It kicks off. It kicks off. Yeah. Which is very scary if you actually think about it. It is. It is. Because what happens if you're on this planet and hypothetically speaking you lose a finger or you lose an arm and they're like hey well we have robotic technology here 
we're just going to give you a robotic arm. And then now you're going to be transported back. You're not, that arm's not coming back with you. Well, I think it's, I think it's whatever transport, whatever transports down is stored in the memory and anything that transports up. If that's not part of that memory, it that erases. It wouldn't be part of the memory, right? Because no, it, it would, because there. if you, if you, if you beam down and you've got the robotic arm, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't have it when you beam down. Then you've what the hell the are you doing down there? On planet. What the hell are you doing down there? You you got it on planet. Let's say like a tyrant, I don't know, some alien ripped it off. And they said, don't worry about it. We can give you a robotic arm on planet. And then now you're being back up. That arm is not going to be going up with you because you never had it when you first landed. And this is where we come into whatever. It's sci-fi <laughs> technology. It doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I still I have to keep the mic. I still can't. Present. I still can't get over the fact that they've they've introduced the idea that you can beam down with different clothes on than you than you enter that transporter right. room. Right. I still can't get over that. That yeah. I don't trust the transporter to to change my clothes. Yeah, and you just randomly beam down and you don't have clothes on. You're like, whoops, Daisy. Um. So number one is stuck on the Enterprise, and Captain mm-hmm. Pike and Spock are stuck on the planet because of uh, an ion storm. Nice to see an ion storm. Always nice yes. that they keep going to, back to that well. Um, and the reason why they're at that planet is because the Illyrians who are on that planet have disappeared. Yes. And they want to figure out what's going on. Um, now, I knew I recognized the Illyrians. That is a species we've met before. Um, only once, though, in Star Trek Enterprise. Um, you're gonna have to refresh even though i've seen it all you're gonna have to refresh my memory on that if you that's can. fine i had to refresh my memory too it's one episode in season three of star trek enterprise okay um they steal uh something they steal some sort of technology from them the enterprise crew steals technology from them and they strand them in in the zindi space because this is during the big like zindi arc of season three okay um the illyrians there had bumpy foreheads they didn't look human Gotcha. I mean, everything looks human, but you know, humans with yeah, puppy yeah. foreheads. Yeah. Um. So they. So the big reveal of the episode is that number one is an Illyrian. Yes. She doesn't look anything like it, like those Illyrians. But I actually think they come up with a really interesting, a really interesting workaround, which is that the Illyrians have. Uh, they. The reason why the Federation has not admitted the Illyrians into the Federation is because of their stance on genetic engineering. Correct. Which Illyrians are apparently just do because they're like, we love this shit. We're just going to make genetic. We're just going to augment ourselves. And it's definitely apparent later in the the episode that it is augmented 100 percent. Yeah. So so basically, number one is augmented to look human. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Illyrians on this planet, they, aug- they tried to de-augment themselves, um, de-engineer themselves so that they could be, so that they could join the Federation. Correct. Which is kind of a cool idea. Um, and one of the things that this episode does that I really like is really point out how stupid the genetic engineering laws are in the Federation. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, that's an Earth law. But right? you're not on Earth. Right. So, like, Earth had the eugenics wars. Mm-hmm. And that 
happened before World War III, which is what we've talked about a lot. The eugenics wars happened, and then they they because of the eugenics wars, they set a law on Earth. We can never no more genetic engineering, no yep. more augmentations, nothing like this. That law has lasted on not just on Earth, but has been adopted into the Federation at large, which consists of hundreds of planets, mm-hmm. dozens and dozens of species. Why is that still around? And what I yeah. like about what I like about this episode is that they really point out like it's, it's stupid. <laughs> it's a prejudice. Like yeah. and Benga says, it's a prejudice. We've found we we came to space and we just found new prejudice. And that's what we did with genetic engineering. We're prejudiced towards it. And um, even Spike or even even Pike says it towards the end. He's like, I'll I'll go to bat for you. Like, I don't care where you where you kind of reside from. It's it's not about that. It's about who you are. And I can tell without a doubt who you are. Yeah. And he and he has this great has this great moment where she's just like where she turns in his thing and, and she's like, but Chris, well Starfleet finds out and he's just like, what are they gonna do with me? Yeah. <laughs> I already know what happens he to me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> he knows his future. That's great. Um I really yeah, like you it. are very much right with that. And I, I do like the fact that they do push on what's happening in our current times into this very like seamlessly and it's mm-hmm. nice it's nice to kind of see that happen yeah it's really it, it's really cool to see how the like the classic star trek shows um you know the tos tng all of them they all they none of them ever really brushed up against the problem of genetic engineering of the problem that the eugenics wars are still causing in federate in the federation's past and earth's past except for ds9 ds9 does talk about it with julian yes. but yeah, julian. just with dr Bashir because he had all the people that one and then when all the people kind of came on to the actual um deep space nine themselves and they're all talking and he's hanging out with them so yeah, and I, I guess I guess a little bit like Eric Sung and Enterprise was talking about how stupid how stupid the rules are, but like it's not the difference with Eric and his augments is that he's proven wrong. The augments mm-hmm. are in fact evil, um, whereas Bashir is it, Bashir is kind of more of what we're looking at when it comes to number one. Correct. Um, and I so I I do like that we finally like really just been like you know what this is a stupid law. Mm-hmm. This is a stupid law that's going to last until the 32nd century. This is a law that has that has stayed within Earth's that was set on Earth on the 20th century, and it is a galactic law by the 32nd century. That is a that is thousand that is a yeah. thousand years of Centuries one century. law making it through. That's awful. It is. Um, we we do get another glimpse into another character as well, besides number one, which is the, um, I guess, La'an. security officer. I can't remember her name. Yeah, yeah, she has a history, and it's nice to kind of get development on her as well and kind of get more of her backstory and where she fits into this crew. Yeah, she has, um, we knew, because we knew her last name, Noonien Singh, okay. um, that she was somehow related to Khan. But I do like that we we don't get a lot of it, but we get some of it being like, you know, they called me an augment. They made fun of me because of my ancestor. Um, boy, that sucks that she never meets Khan, though. Would you Man, want that would, to, though? I wouldn't want to. I want to see that. Why? Because that's some good drama right there. 
No, because then we're just gonna go on this all this loop again. Because if she was to meet Khan, then she's probably like, you know what? I want to kill this dude because he made my life hell. And if that's the case, she doesn't exist. No, she because she'd already be born by the time he. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the hypothetical situation where the episode Space Seed does not exist. Okay. And Captain Pike ran into the okay. Botany Bay okay. and not okay. Captain sorry. Kirk. Sorry, sorry. I apologize. Sorry. I'm not talking about going back in time. Okay. Because her, whoever her ancestor after Colin would be is already on Earth. Yeah. By the time he leaves on the Botany Bay, by the, by the end of the Eugenics Wars. Mm-hmm. So I want to see, I wish, I wish we could see Pike run into the Botany Bay and La'an have to confront Khan in person. I think that'd be some good, that would be a good episode that they unfortunately just cannot do. I was going to say, with that one, then we would definitely have to go back to like TNG era where we're getting 20 episodes per season rather than like 10. You'd have to, you'd, worse than that, you retcon the entire original series and you yeah. just, you can't do that. Unless we just make this all like a, a dream. Okay, you know what? Actually, I'd be into that. If she somehow ran into either an alternate universe version of Khan or like a dream version of him. Yes. I'd be into that. That I, I that'd be so cool just to see that kind of play out and it's like, well, none of it's real cuz it's all a dream, but this is what would have happened. And no spoilers, but they kind of pulled a similar move to what I'm thinking about in the next episode with Memento Mori, which you haven't seen yet, so I won't spoil okay. anything. Um, I'm excited to watch it though. But yeah, they um, th- there are ways to work around canon mm-hmm. that we've seen in in Star Trek Enterprise, and we even seen in Strange New Worlds. But I think introducing like a real version of Khan is impossible. Yeah. Um, but you could probably work around in an interesting way. I just want you, it to be the right way. Who would you cast? Because there's been so many different people who have played as Khan and did a great job. There's only two. That's a, that's a few people. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's only two of them. <laughs> I mean, the, our last, our last. Um, I'm not going to put any hate on Benedict Cumberbatch. Let me not. I say will. It. <laughs> I was not going to say it. <laughs> I he's a great actor. I really like him. I don't like him as Khan. Yeah, I'm not going to step into that. But I remember, I'm the nice guy here. I'm the happy-go-lucky guy. You and Mike are. You're like the neutral guy, and Mike is like the complete opposite. I hate everything. Mike doesn't hate everything. Just about. He's close enough. Unless it deals with food, he hates everything. Oh, uh, I'll tell him you said that. <laughs> um, no, I, who would I cast as Khan? I have no idea. I, I think at this point you need him to be ethnically um, right. I don't. That's a weird thing to say. But like, you can't because Ricardo Multiban is uh, Mexican. Yeah, playing an Indian. It's Khan, weird. uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is a white man playing an Indian. Yeah. You would need to cast an Indian actor, you would. Um, I had a wish list when when they were when they were like, or from Khan, I thought could play him, but he's dead. Um, there's a few, there's a few actors that I once thought could play him who I think now would probably be too old. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I, I think at this point you have to cast him as Indian. I'd really like to see him if they could do a workaround. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Just don't. I just don't want you to, to retcon the original series. Just don't do that. <laughs> We're Never, fine. I mean, if you, let's be real. 
one person would not stand for that, and we all know that one person is. I think a lot of people, honestly, I wouldn't stand for that. I don't think yeah. there's anything in Strange New Worlds that has retconned the original series out of existence. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. I think there's a little, there's some things that you can just like wash away. Like, oh, why didn't Khan know that? Why, why didn't Spock mention, hey, by the way, I served with your distant ancestor when yeah. he talked to Khan. But like, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal yet. Speaking of Spock. Yes. I, I really like the fact that we get Spock and Captain Pike together again mm-hmm. on this planet and their interactions with each other just seem to constantly grow and blossom in a in a really magical way that allows for the later years of Spock and Kirk to transform in a different manner. And I just like how this is growing. One of the things that is really cool is that what we're seeing is basically justification for why Spock would throw away his entire career to save Captain Captain Pike. Yeah. Right. Cause that's the first time that, that that's the first time that in the original series, in the original series, like Spock is ready to th- not just throw away his career, but throw away Kirk's. Yeah. To save Captain Pike, to bring him back to that planet. So like what we're seeing now is, is definitely like strengthening that bond to realize that like, no, Spock would have a have a strong loyalty to Pike. And it's not that he just served with him for 11 years. He was second officer. He was trusted. They were friends. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we're, we're doing that. For sure. It's, it's, it's a very nice touch that just enhances their overall story of, of Star Trek. <laughs> Does that thing have a stun setting? I am arming us with knowledge. <laughs> it's, it's a, and granted, I still don't even know what that was. It's it the really, it's the it's the Illyrian's logs. Yeah, but it just it looks like just just plasma. No, you can see it. There's words. There's words in it. How bad? Oh, yeah. How good is your TV? I watch it on my phone. Oh, buddy. It's. It, I don't want to say. Hopefully, hopefully, you guys edit this thing out because I I don't have it programmed to my TV. I have the password and stuff programmed to my phone. And I felt bad, and I was like, you know what? And it's not even on. I have two phones. I have my new phone, and I have my old Samsung Galaxy S8. It's on, it's on your new phone, at least? It's on my old S8. <sighs> I've been watching everything on my S8, not on my TV. And I do you, you have to watch it on your TV. I don't care. Ask me. It's fine. I, I felt like it was going to be bad. Like It might bring up a red flag, the fact that – because on here, it always asks me, do you want to turn on like locations? I'm like, no, 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 because I don't want anything to go and happen. So I'm like, let me just – you know that situation and i just watch it on there you know you'll never get that situation if you watch it on your damn tv (laughs) all right all right i'll definitely i'll ask you for it so i can watch it on my tv yeah please do i'll just send it to you uh tomorrow ask me tomorrow sounds good because i got the show later tonight okay um yes anyway going back we're not editing any of that out that's all in here (laughs) um so Apparently, um, Una being an Illyrian is not new, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. Um, I, I read, I did, I read up on this. Apparently, her being an Illyrian came from, comes from 1986. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that's how long it went. I had no idea. DC Fontana, who is an incredible writer, wrote some incredible episodes of Star Trek, Star Trek: The Original Series. Wrote a book in 1986 about Number One, and it reveals that she's an Illyrian. At the time, they didn't know what Illyrians were. Okay. 
So that was a different Illyrian than the one we would meet in Star Trek Enterprise. Now, the books aren't canon, though. Remember that. Mm -hmm. The books have never been canon. Um, So when... um, So they used the name for the Illyrians when they did um, Star Trek Enterprise. Because they probably just needed a name. What sounds cool? An Illyrian sounds cool. (laughs) The 2015 novel... That is, there's a 2015 novel that's called Child of Two Worlds, which is a discovery novel, I believe. No, it's not. It's not. It's not a discovery novel. Anyway, Greg Cox wrote this novel, though. It's just a random Star Trek novel. Okay. Um, he's the one who put in the idea that Illyrians use genetic engineering. Technically, it's eugenics, like actual, like they like selective breed. Mm-hmm. So it kind of created the the leeway to be like, okay, what if what if other what if other Illyrians on different planets? Because that's what Una says in this in this show. Yeah, she's not that, from here. Yeah, she's not from that planet. She's from a planet far away. Like Illyrians, they don't terraform planets; they terraform themselves, mm-hmm. which I think is actually a really beautiful way to look at that. Yeah, it is, and it just shows their their aspect of life and what yeah. they are willing to do. They're they're willing to to live on any planet, make any planet hospitable for themselves um, by, by changing themselves to, to rather than one with, yeah, to be one with nature. Uh, David Mack. Just to tie into that real quick. Yeah. I love the fact that that is something that they kind of bring about where they're willing to change themselves. And it's a big part that we're dealing with right now with the world we live in and we are destroying our planet. And it's like these subtle little moments that they're adding in there that kind of just gives you a hint of, hey, this is our planet. Just like you're watching the show, we should be doing the exact same thing. We should be changing ourselves rather than trying to go and change the planet we live on. Yes, exactly. So we only got one planet. We can't leave only it one. <laughs> Um David Mack wrote a Discovery novel called Desperate Hours, um, which what which is kind of canon, I guess. But like that's the one that were that they were like, okay, number one is still in Illyrian. Okay. That from that 1986 novel, we're gonna keep that a thing, and so that's kind of where they, where they've landed on this. Do you think the the writers of Strange New Worlds uses the the uncanonized novels as ways to go and build the world that we're watching now? Yes, you do. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of Star Trek, a lot of Star Trek um, writers do. I can't say for a fact the Discovery ones do because there's <laughs> not a lot of information to say otherwise. Okay. But uh, I know for a fact that the that the showrunners for Prodigy lowered De- that the writers for Prodigy lowered X Strange New Worlds and maybe Picard. I don't. I'm not familiar as I'm not as familiar with their writers' room. Okay. But they have used um, actively used non-canon material from books, from the animated series, from comics, and put them into their shows as as not just like there's. I don't think there's anything been been like over like we've made this canon. Um, outside of Lower Decks, which made the, I can't say made the Cations canon. Oh no, Lower Decks, Lower Decks season two. There's a character who can like take off his head and his torso and yes, float around. That they're from the animated series. Okay, so Lower Decks has made has made things not canon explicitly canon, gotcha. whereas um, I think everyone else has just kind of done like background stuff, making things little little touches here and there to be like, yeah, we've seen, we, we have some things that we want to incorporate because that old stuff doesn't quite fit very well. Mm-hmm. So I you gotcha. have to, you have to kind of work around it and make it kind of make it make, make it fit. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I don't mean to just discovery novels, discovery writers. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there are plenty of Star Trek fans on there. There's just nothing, there's just nothing in their show that has shown me that they do the non-canon stuff, and which is fine. I don't know a lot about non-canon stuff either. Yeah, I okay. I have okay. one novel. I have one Star Trek novel, and I've only opened it up, and I never read it. I just opened <laughs> it up. <laughs> That's funny. I don't read the Star Trek novels. I read some of the comics. Oh yeah. Um, I just started reading the Star Trek Destiny novel. Uh, I stopped reading it halfway through because I'm reading something else, but I will finish it. But like, I'm not a big Star Trek non-canon guy, so like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I don't mean to like. I'm working my. I'm trying to work myself out of the hole I dug. Um, <laughs> I'm trying. I don't mean to say that like they need to be so like they need to know the non-canon stuff. I'm like, no, they don't. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Just as sometimes. Long as the story's good. Yeah. Sometimes, as long as you're, as long as you stick with the canon stuff, that's fine with me. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just kind of nice to be like, oh, I didn't know what that. I don't know what that is. What is that? Oh, it's from a non-canon thing. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So, discovery writers. I hope I. I hope I dug myself out of that hole. <laughs> Anyway, um, the thing that I don't like about this episode is Mbenga. Go into detail. Please please explain to me what you don't the, like. The reveal of his daughter okay. is, a, is a good reveal, and I like it. Mm-hmm. Not in this episode, though. Okay, so maybe you can help me out, because my yeah. Star Trek lore isn't as uh, deep and as vast as yours is. She can live inside of there. And she doesn't age. Her her disease has not become any worse than it already is. Mm-hmm. When she comes out of the transporter, now she's um, a corporeal being. Does she now age? Does she now? Mm-hmm. She gets so it's just short burst of the disease. So her disease isn't so fast acting that's going to kill her if she is out of the transporter for an hour, right? Okay. So like she, or so. She he said so he's what he says is right. If you you can exist in the pattern buffer indefinitely, but you have to keep materializing. You can't you can't just exist continuously in the pattern buffer because eventually the pattern will start to degrade. Okay. We saw that in um we saw we've seen that a few times in Star Trek and especially in Next Generation when Mr. Scott showed up because he mm-hmm. was he had he had put himself in the pattern buffer. Yes, I remember that. Um, but his friend didn't because his pattern degraded too badly. Mm-hmm. If he had if he had set that to like, you know, as long as you just keep coming coming back and then going back in, you're fine. Um, that would have been different. But yeah, the science does check out and it does line up with Star Trek lore that we've seen before. It's just my only thing is, I that's a reveal that should be an episode, like an episode by itself, rather than yeah. tied into this one. Yeah. Here it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, because I feel like this episode's more of a number one episode rather than a him episode. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we just kind of like we're doing a number one episode, and then we're just like, oh, and then Umbenga has it. It was Umbenga's fault because of this reason because da da. da. And I was just like, I mean, okay, yeah, just a little little weird to throw that in there at the end. There, there's an episode in Enterprise and. Forgive me, I'm bad with names. Um, one of the ladies goes into the transporter, and then she's supposed to get uh, beam back, and her, her, I guess her coding is all separate or whatever, and she's now like like in and out of reality, and she's she can see everybody. She's walking through the ship, but nobody can see her, 
And then every once in a while, she'll like knock things down to try to go and get them to go and recognize that she's there. In Enterprise? Yeah. Let me see if I can find her. Are you sure you're not talking about Next Gen? No, I'm definitely talking about Enterprise. It's the the Asian girl. I can't remember her name. Give me a second. Oh, Hoshi? Yes, Hoshi. So she goes in the transporter, and when she comes back, she's on the ship, and they don't recognize her. Like they think that she's lost out in space uh-huh. or a lost. I, I, let me, I'll find it for you. Interesting. I don't, I don't remember that. It's been so many years since I've watched enterprise. Um, yeah. I don't remember them doing an, an episode like that. I do remember that like back then the enterprise show, they like didn't want to use the transporter too much because of, they were like, it's, it's old. We'll die. Vanishing point is the episode. Ensign Hoshi uh, Sato passes through the transporter and finds herself slowly disappearing. Interesting. Yeah, I, I just I just thought that that was kind of like when I when I saw this happen, I was like, I didn't know that somebody actually can go and live in there indefinitely and beam in and beam back out. I always thought that once you've been beamed, if you don't come back down and you're just stuck there, that you're like floating off into space type of thing or floating off out of reality. Well, what's different? What's different about that is what you're forgetting is when you're beamed down, you're mm-hmm. put into what's called the pattern buffer. Yes. And the pattern buffer is in the ship. Okay. The pattern buffer exists as, as a component, as a piece of technology within the ship. The pattern buffer is what beams you down. Gotcha. And then you're and then you're reconstituted on the planet. And then when you're beamed up, you go back into the pattern buffer and then onto the transporter pad. Okay. So that so what there what Menga has done, what Scotty did in Relics, is basically just transported them without a destination which just stored them in the pattern buffer gotcha so they Do there was they no have... there's no there's no moving the molecules from one place to another mm-hmm. do they have an idea of time do you know if that's ever that i don't know revealed okay that'd be an interesting concept to kind of figure out if they have a like a sense of time like oh it's been a day or oh it's been two months i think probably not because scotty talks about how like I bet Captain Kirk himself pulled out the Enterprise from mothballs and and got me back and got and, and came to me. He had no idea that eighty years had passed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So I think probably not. Okay. I would if I if I had to if I had to suspect something, I'd say that I don't think they're conscious at all. I think once okay. you're once you're in there, you're just you just kind of exist and 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 nothing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just. I feel like that should have been like a whole episode, right? Like I, feel, yeah. I, just, I just feel like that's a, that's an Mbenga centered episode that we should have done by now. For sure. And I, I just want to touch on one little thing or two things. One was I actually really like his voice. Yeah, me too. It's just something about his voice that just resonates. I'm like, this dude's got a nice voice. Yeah. Like if he had like a smooth jazz, like narration for something, I would, I'd listen to him. I think he's wonderful. Yeah, I like him a lot. I also I I really like when he's like, um, if I had my choice, I would I would use your white blood cells, but because of yeah. your Illyrian blood, like she she can't that's kind of the crux of the episode is that number one is immune, then she mm-hmm. can't help because she doesn't have white blood cells Correct. to create an anti an, uh, to like the, automatic killing off whatever is trying to attack. Yeah. And so she so she and so Mbenga is like, it's not about the prejudice. Like, I'll, I I don't care about Starfleet blood relations. If I thought your blood would help, I'd use it. But yeah, it won't. He's like, I'm a physician. I don't care about that. Yeah. I really, I really like that. Um, 
And then as the uh, La'an tries to blow up the ship. Yes. Hammer tries to blow up the ship too. <laughs> and he's blind. That was something for me that like he's blind, but yet he's still attracted to the light. It's the feel of the warmth for him. The warmth, yeah. Yeah. I just, that's what I just really liked about it. Like it, this thing resonated with not just people who can see, but people who can't. And it's yeah. not, it's like heightened on those senses. Number one rips her shirt. Did, did you see this though? She rips her shirt. I don't know if it was like an accident or whatever, but the shirt came back together. Oh, she just changed the shirt. That quick? Well, yeah. If she there's there's time that passes. I would have loved to see the motion of her changing the shirt, but I guess Sicko. it is what it is. <laughs> Sicko. <laughs> there, well, you just want to see um, Rebecca remain naked? This isn't Star Trek Enterprise. This isn't Star I mean, Trek Enterprise. <laughs> um this is particular sound when um, Captain Pike is trying to go and contact the ship mm-hmm. and it just literally brought back a whole bunch of like emotions for me. Just hearing the communication sound of I'm doing I'm a sure. terrible job, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, I know. There's the boatswain whistle also that they use a lot, which I really like the uh, I'm not going to do it, but it's the it's the <laughs> you've heard it. Um, yes. Yeah, the, the sound effects are just on point. Like it, it yeah. feels like outside of the upgraded um, set design and VFX, uh, the, the sound effects could be straight out of the original series. Absolutely. I love it. I absolutely like I, love it. I, I feel like this more so than discovery. Cause like discovery never quite matched neatly. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, like this, like strange new worlds doesn't match neatly, but like I can, I can absolutely believe that in like five years time. Yeah. We're watching the original series. Yeah. I, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, there's one thing that I want to talk about before we get out of here, though. Okay. Number one says in her personal log before she deletes it, she says something really poignant, which I really liked. Um, and it was kind of on my mind with what was going on with like Will Smith. Um, not to get political, but <laughs> <laughs> when he's when she says, what would what would his reaction have been if I didn't? save the ship what if he didn't consider me one of the good ones Mm -hmm. and i thought that was what you were talking about like you know putting that putting that kind of button on like real world issues because not to use not to get all political or whatever but like will smith was considered one of the good ones and then he slapped chris rock and now and now look what happened exactly yeah it, it's definitely you're 100 percent and it's it's a shame that it has to be kind of like even brought up in mm-hmm. particular ways but like i do like the way that it was brought up and it's it's almost like one one incident or one lack of judgment changes your entire dynamic of life yeah and it's sad it's it's the idea that like yeah you gotta play ball yeah Right. You got to play ball. And if you play ball, you're considered one of the good ones. Like minority people are constantly like if you're if you're not if you're not playing ball the way that we want you to play ball, then you're then you're not one of the good ones. But if you're Correct. but if you are, then you're one of the good ones. And if you step out of line, then we just lump then you're all that work. All that's gone. Yeah. And we're not talking about like stepping out of line as in like you've done some horrific shooting or you've killed somebody. No. Like just the minor things that like slapping someone. Yes. That you that let's be real. I'm pretty sure that Chris Rock 
and Will Smith are friends or were friends. I'm sure and they I mean, still are. I've I've punched my friends plenty of times. I'm still yeah. friends with them. Friends fight. And like that that's that's the thing, like not to use the Will Smith analogy, but this is like the most recent thing that has happened that that is a really great way to to button this this episode. Um, which is like you know, Will Smith for so long has been considered one of the good ones, you know, yeah. like and so like when he when he did that, all of a sudden people saw him with the same prejudice that they see everyone else. Mm -hmm. And that's not right. And so number one says, says like, you know, if I didn't, if I didn't save the ship, it wasn't my fault that everyone got, got the, but like, if I didn't save the ship and like a lot of people died, how would Captain Pike have reacted? Yeah. And it makes me wonder too. I, I honestly wonder how he, I think he would still justify her as still being a good person because of his character. But yeah. I think that if somebody else was in that ship and in that seat, it might not have been played out the same way it did. Right. I think, I think more so than more so than anything, like Pike probably would have no matter what gone to bat for number one. Yeah. Like I, I, I believe that about Pike, but anybody else, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has this thing. And, but at the end of the day, no, it, who, no matter who's in that seat, she has a right to worry about that. Yeah. Because as 100%. soon as, as as soon as it is revealed that she's Illyrian to Starfleet, it's it's all over. Yeah. Which is sad. It's sad. Even though I do want to kind of mention this one thing, which I thought was cool. Um, when we are on the planet and uh, Captain Pike and Spock are trying to barricade themselves away from these ghosts mm-hmm. that are out in the the storm. Yeah, and they're banging against the door trying to get in. They're like, "Will this hold or whatever?" And out of nowhere, they come bustling through, and the the window breaks, and the storm is coming in. And you have these these ghosts that wrap themselves around them and actually protect them from the storm and the ion radiation that they would have encountered. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was so cool. And like you said, it chimes right back into number one, and it showcases like, hey. You're judging a book by its cover. And you're judging that, you're judging genetic engineering by something uh, that happened 200 years ago. Yes, exactly, exactly. So it's like it, it, this whole entire episode had uh, a really good story tied into it, and it was played through in different through different characters. And I yeah, love that. I agree. Really good. Yeah. They, um, I have a question before we get out of here. Yep. Do you think it's ever going to be revealed to Starfleet that she's Illyrian? Um, is that a future episode? I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't think so. I think whenever she becomes a captain, I think that's when she will reveal it, letting them know, like, hey, just so you know, before I become a captain, I want you guys to know a deep dark secret that everybody else knows but you guys. So, surprise! It's gonna. It's not gonna be surprise. It's gonna be court martial. Um, yeah, <laughs> unless the world has, or the universe, or galaxy, or whatever has changed. From this point till then, but we know that it's not going to, because we know what this universe is, what this universe looks like five years from now, eighty years from now, and a thousand years from now. Yeah, but do you think that the like this could be the the opening crack in the door to go and open up a change? I think perhaps this could create like the momentum for change. I think this could create a precedent because you know courts love precedents. Uh, this could create precedent for what happens to Julian 
because Julian okay. is 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 said to be like you know your uh, we absolve you of any wrongdoing. I think yeah. this could be maybe what could be retconned into Starfleet looking at well you know Una was it was genetic genetically engineered and we cleared her of any wrongdoings. Um, her only pro- you know I think no matter what happens I do think the end result is Una does not get like kicked out of Starfleet. I think she's I, I think she's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think it's going to happen and, and it's going to be a hell of a court case, probably on the level of measure of man. Can you imagine if we get something like that again? That I, I don't think we would though, because we only get like 10 episodes. I don't, it's, it, that would take three episodes to really hash Measure out. of a man is only one episode, my friend. Yes. That, that was only one episode. Try doing it now. It's. You can do it. That Law and Order does it every week. Law and Order is just like so small. <laughs> this That's is fair. this is massive, I would say, and it it definitely has to be done with the right oh. touch. Well, they could do a two parter. Okay, that works. That works for me. What if it's the season finale and the season opening of season two? That would be fin. I would be upset, but I would be so happy. Me too. So I'm All like, right. oh, I have to wait until like December for this to happen again. Come on. I like the show a lot. I'm very happy with it. I'm 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 glad we had that man. This is what Star Trek is about. It is those it is these discussions that we have. This is what yes. it's about. I agree. I agree. I I love it. I love every minute of it. I enjoy the show quite a bit. I'm so happy to have the show. Um, I'm glad we live in a world where Discovery has given us the show. <laughs> like no no joke like discover yeah, if, if it was not for discovery we would you not have right. strange new worlds you are 100 percent right yeah okay well why don't we call it there then sounds like a plan okay so mind you we did not talk about memento more memento more will be the next episode which might be out by the time you're you're watching this so so stay tuned check it out find it it's all on this channel if you like this video please subscribe to this channel cookie where can they find you Find me on Instagram at Just Little Podcast, on Twitter at Just Podcasting. Um, put out a new episode just about every single Tuesday. I drop a new episode. Uh, right now, I'm a little behind, so hopefully by the time this actually airs up, I'll actually have the previous week and the current week all up and running. I just started a brand new show on my Patreon, so check that out. I'm kind of recovering over everything that's happened in the, the world of Star Wars and, more importantly, into the brand new series what's that a, we're getting. What's a, what's a, what's a Star Wars? And that will do it for me, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a Star Trek. Here. This is a Star Trek show, Cookie. This is. This we is, do this not is. bring. We do not bring wars here. <laughs> and this is this is the thing that I love about the show is I am not a. I've watched. I've, I've watched all of Star Trek for the most part, besides like the animated certain things I've watched. I haven't watched, mm-hmm. but everything I have watched, and I love it all. But I don't have the same knowledge that you or Mike have. And being able to hang out with you and talk to you on the show is something that I truly, truly enjoy. And I, I, I'm really humbled by the experience because I get to learn so much that I didn't know before. And I, I want to thank you. I love doing this with you, man. It's been a great it's good time. time. It's definitely a good time. Um, okay, so that's that's enough of that. Enough <laughs> of that bullshit. Okay, so of course, <laughs> like this video, subscribe to this channel, check out his stuff um, wherever you find it. Um, you can check out some of our other shows. Hey guys, Fake Nerds Watch is a massive show for us. There are probably more episodes of Fake Nerds Watch than there are f- for the Fake Nerd Podcast. 
there are right now. You can check out our first two episodes of Obi Wan Kenobi. We have done that. Speaking of Star Wars, which we don't talk about on the show, um, we've done all of Moon Knight. We've done uh, all of Strange New Worlds up until this point. Um, all the Star Trek shows we've done, Cookie and I uh, and Mike, Michael Carlson from the Downright Nerdy Podcast, has done a lot of Star Trek shows. Uh, we've done all the Marvel shows. Coming up, lots of fake nerds watches. There's a lot of shows. There's The Boys and Stranger Things and Umbrella Academy and Miss Marvel, all of which you will get Fickner's watch episodes for. So stay tuned for that. I know. I'm I don't know if we're gonna make it. I would say, how do you do it? How do you I'm still trying to finish up Halo? <laughs> uh, well, we didn't do a Fickner's watch series for Halo. Okay, so there you go. That's probably why. Um, and I stopped watching Halo. Three episodes from the end. Um oh. and guys, uh, I have not said it on this show, but our Six year anniversary is coming up. It is in Whoa. June. Congratulations. Is in June. That is fantastic. Thank you. So, if you got any questions for us, email us, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. Find us on social media at Fakener Podcast. Uh, so, if you got any questions for us to talk about on our anniversary special, which we will put up on June 12th, there, there, there you go. Just do that. Um, okay, so you can check out some of our other shows, such as Basement Arcade, which is a video game Let's Play series. You can check out Basement Arcade Pause Menu, which is our award-winning video game uh, discussion show, Animation Station, and Fickner Book Club, all of which are shows that we have on this channel. Or you can check out our Fickner Podcast, which is our mothership show. That is the show that we do every Sunday. We go live every Sunday. We're actually going to be going live tonight, which doesn't make any sense to you because uh, we recorded this early. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the episode that was just premiered was Top Gun Maverick. We've just talked about Top Gun Maverick. Nice. Uh, How did you like it? It's incredible. Okay, so I had uh, early access to go and watch it, and I just didn't have time to watch it, and I'm, I'm kind of bummed. You need to go, man. You need to go. It's great. It's it's It might be one of the best movies of the year. Well, I'm going to try to watch um, Bob's Burgers this weekend. Oh, so yeah. God, I didn't I see that, too. I'm a big Bob's Burgers fan. So Me, too. Me, too. Right now. I, yeah, I'm so excited for that movie. Gotta see it. All right. But yeah, Top Gun Maverick. That is the latest episode. And coming up, again, like this video, subscribe to this channel. I live every Sunday. Coming up is a deep dive discussion on all of Pixar's films. All so, of them. All of them. Whew. For those of you who have been following us, or for those of you who have not, um, you may or may not know that we also did a deep dive discussion on every single video game live action feature film to ever be made. That was a hell of an episode. <laughs> and I can only imagine this will be a hell of an episode. <laughs> that's that's so, going to be intense. That video game one was hell. <laughs> All those movies are garbage. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I, now I'm definitely going to have to go back because I would love to hear Ryan just like hate on everything. That's going to be good. It's, it's a hell of an episode. However, however, Detective Pikachu is a saving grace. And all of video games. I, I love that movie. That movie is so good. Me too. Um, okay, so that's everything, you guys. Uh, find us on the Fakner Podcast on all social medias, fakenerguys at gmail.com. We have a website, fakenerpodcast.com. Uh, you can find all the links to everything Patreon, T Public. If you want to support us um, uh, financially, you can do that there. Again, all those links are below and on our website, fakenerpodcast.com. I am at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for Screen Rant where I post a bunch of lists. I also write for Atomic Geekdom where I do a series called Revisiting the Infinity Saga um, where I go through the 50 greatest, what I think are the 50 most defining moments of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I write and I edit Kaiju Ramen Media 
com. <sighs> I gotta get paid for this shit someday. <laughs> and oh, that's man. that's that cookie. Where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on social media, just a little podcast on Twitter, just podcasting. The podcast, of course, just a little podcast. Great. All right, guys, until next time we see us, live long and prosper. Live long and prosper.